This is Al Rivera, lead designer of Star Trek Online, and you're listening to Priority One Podcast. Don't uh, listen to this podcast, by the way, if you don't want spoilers for playing Legacy of Romulus. Seriously, said we spoilers. talk about a lot of stuff. If you want to have a clean experience when you launch, listen to this episode after you play your content on Holodeck. <laughs> don't tell people not to listen to our show, Al. Come on. <laughs> Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Joining us again is lead designer Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. Thank you again for joining us. We know you are super busy with Legacy of Romulus right around the corner. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. I always make time for Priority One. So first, we want to thank you for the live playthrough that we did on Twitch.tv. It's the first time we've kind of done that, especially with a dev live with an audience. And, you know, the audience and the community was great. Thank you for answering the questions. Thanks for running some of those Legacy of Romulan missions with us. Really appreciate that. But now, now it's it's just us. All right, so why don't we go ahead and let's play a game called A Cryptic Dev Agrees with Tony. <laughs> All right, James will ask Tony a series of questions from our listeners about what ships might be coming to the game. Tony will pretend to know what cryptic devs are thinking, like he does on most of our shows. And Al can either agree, disagree, or tell Tony to shut the hell up. James will award Tony one point for each agree answer. Award him zero points for each disagree answer. And deduct one point each time Al tells Tony he should go back to playing Solitaire and Minesweeper. All right. Okay. Are you oh, following so, so, this so, at home, so, kids? So I don't just agree or disagree. I can ag- agree, disagree, or spank. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Right? That's yes. Like here, yes. So, and I'm just agreeing whether or not Tony is, is am, I, am, I, am I in your smoke? mind? Am, am I in your wheelhouse, Al? I'm just, you know, am I there? I always talk about how much I know what's going on in your, in your brains. Now i got to put up or shut up. All right. It's All on. right. So, so, James, the first question. Let's do this. All right. So, Fleet Garumba. Okay. All right. All right. Al's answer will be maybe. I guess I disagree because the answer is yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. That's zero <laughs> points this zero. round. I wasn't sure which way to go with that because I thought if you would say yes, then yeah. So okay, that's I'm try, trying to learn how the game plays. So no, you I, got you got it right. You got it right. You disagree okay. with me. I get no points. No points yeah, this you, round. The Fleet Garumba will be coming definitely. I don't have a date when that will be, but it will probably come out the same time as. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything because it may spoil some of the other questions that are going ahead. But I'll just say it that you'll definitely be seeing one. So Tony, Fleet Chimera. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm gonna get this one. I'm confident in my answer here. No. Oh, I gotta disagree. That's a maybe. Oh, maybe. 
It's, it was it was a definitely not at launch because we, we you know we didn't want to award veterans a veteranship and then ask them to pay cash to upgrade it. That would have been uncool at launch. But I think after a certain amount of time, people more and more want them. We'll we'll release one. If we do, you will have to pay for it. I don't know how much it, if it will be one module or four modules. I can't predict that, but it is a solid maybe that will happen. All right, all right. You see, all right. Hold on a second. What do you think the community reaction will be towards that? Because that's supposed well, to that's be why like it's a, a lead. That's why it's a maid. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. If, I, if I said yes, then I'd be instigating all kinds of riots uh, when this comes out. So it's, it's not a yes. It's not a no. It's a maybe. How about, can I ask this? Let me just interject here. Is it more likely we would get a fleet chimera before we would actually get variants for the chimera? It is more likely to get a fleet chimera than variants on the chimera. I think it's very unlikely you'll get variants as far as skin variants. Okay. So, Tony, how about a scimitar? I, this is kind of cheating because we were listening in on the live show, but we all know the answer now is yes. I agree that it's cheating. <laughs> Zero points for Tony! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, you said you like There's You wait, no! You cheated. No points this round. <laughs> No, I'm taking out five. negative. I'm taking out minus five. You know, Tony, you better keep cheating. track of this one because I'm doing, I, you know. He agreed with me that it was cheating this time, so that was probably a spank. That one probably is negative one. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll we'll give myself a negative yeah. one. You not, uh, just to be clear for the audience, not what launch of Legacy of Romulus. You will not see a scimitar with Legacy of Romulus launch. So I can't tell you when it will come out, but uh, just not in May. Tony, Fleet Miranda. Okay, all right, all right. I got to get back on track here. Got to get in the positive. Okay, I think Al's answer is, why would you want that? I probably would have to agree with that answer. Yes. Back up to One par. One point awarded. I, th back I think, yeah, the more direct answer would be probably not, although we might see a 2409 version of, the, there you go. of a Miranda. It wouldn't be a Miranda anymore. There is a 2409 version of the Miranda. It's called the USS Plank. It's made yeah. by Mark Redemaker. You guys seem to make. There's a couple different versions of that. I'd see, for instance, that would be one way I might see it happening if yes. we were to ship, as opposed to an actual Miranda. All right. Next, we have the Tier Five NX. Hmm. Oh, Got to keep the streak alive. I think Al's answer is your mental. Um, I will probably have to agree with that, although I don't think I would publicly say you're mental. <laughs> well, that's why I'm answering. See, that's why <laughs> these words are coming out of my mouth. So, you know. Okay. But you did okay. say what would Al's answer be, so... But I'll, I'll still give you the points. He's going to... Okay, all right. Awarded one point. <laughs> How about a Tier 5 Connie? Okay, all right, all right. Okay, this one's tricky. This one's tricky. But I think Al's answer is... Shut up, you guys. I don't know how to score that. I don't know if I would say well, shut just up. Just feel what's in your heart. Feel it's in your heart. Well, it has been said that the new TOS Romulan beginning ship can go all the way through to Tier 5. So now if we're going to play that game, Exos Factos. The Tier to list can go to Tier 5? It, it doesn't that's, go to Tier 5. Well, we, were heard, we heard that there was going to be a way to... Where did we hear that, Tony, that you're going to be able to carry that all over? We had that in a conversation with you them. You can. Well, it would still be a Tier 1 ship with three bridge officer slots if you want think, to try I... that. You can knock yourself out. But, no, I mean, there's not going to be a Tier 5 version of that to list Warbird. It's a different skin. It's more the Enterprise skin if you're playing on the Tier 5 retrofit version. It won't have access to that TOS-era skin. 
Okay. So um, I'm going to have to agree, but not strongly agree. To I, I would give you half a point. Can I give him half a point? Point five awarded. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the half. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying well, to stay in the positive. You territory. may have. You may have a chance to earn the other half here. How about a fleet, <laughs> Connie? Now, tier five, not a fleet. Okay, so we're going to shift from tier five to a fleet. Can we make it a fleet? Um, I'm going to say, dear God, not this again. <laughs> yeah, we'll give him the other half point there too. Yes. There you go. Not holding up his one yes. point. Yes. Nice. Because right. technically, I don't know if I've ever really been asked. Of, of a fleet commie as much as the bass been asked for a tier five panty. So my answer would be more tier five Connie, dear God, not this again. Fleet Connie, <laughs> shut up, guys. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Close. You could have just swapped the answers. Yeah. Well, I think that's why you got I got half on each. How about a nebula three pack like Ortosk, Odyssey, and Vesta? Okay, Nebula three pack. Nebula Okay, I'm gonna say no one would pay $50 for that, not even Elijah, and he wants to pay $60 for stuff that we give away for free. <laughs> Elijah's are kind of, I'd buy that for a dollar guy. I'll have to agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think we wouldn't do a three-pack of the Nebula. It's just not that popular of a ship. I, I still think I would really love to see the Venture skin on it, though. That would look really, really fantastic. I probably would. The Venture skin is, is stunning. It's, it's great. I When I play the Galaxy, that's the skin that I use. It's just Absolutely. I think it would look just as good on the Nebula. I really I think that would fix it up and make it look very nice and modern. So. But to touch on Nebula real quick, I'm hoping to give some of the ships, including the, you know, some of the older ships, including the Nebula and like the Vulcan Bakir and even maybe the Galaxy and the Dreadnought, give them a little love to kind of get them up to par with some of the other stuff we've been doing. Nice. I've got no prom I've got no promises for that and I sure don't have an exact plan on exactly what I want to do with that. But we have seriously talked about it and, and I think we'll eventually do that. Nice. Nice. Alright. Romulan variant of the Klingon D seven from the TOS episode, The Enterprise Incident. Mm, classic. The it's a classic. It's a classic. Okay, okay. Gotta think. Uh hold your horses. So this would be the D seven with the Romulan bird painted on the belly. Yes. So um, I think that's a good answer. Hold your horses. Uh, I'll have to give you a, a solid agree with that. Yes. Because let's get these ships out the door. Let's get Legacy of Romulus out the door. That is a TOS ship. Those get a little little touchy. Hold your horses on that one. Alachi lockbox ships, a.k.a. the silent enemy. Okay. All right. Um, I think the answer is I can't talk about that. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. We we yes. can never talk about lockbox ships and lockbox this far ahead. That kind of stuff is uh, kept under lock and key by marketing, and it's for for the right timing. We want you to buy the lockboxes that are there now, and worry about what's going to come out later. Nice. Okay, account-wide Jem Hadar attack ship sets for players with a bug ship on one character. Ooh. Okay. Tough. 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 Okay. Um, I'm gonna say. The answer is ask the marketing team. So let me understand the question correctly. This is if you just have a Jem'Hadar attack ship that you'll get, a, what, a carrier pet or a cosmetic pet? I think they're talking about, you know, you have to have the Jem'Hadar attack ship. Yep. And uh, the carrier to right. unlock access to an attack ship carrier pet. Right. right. And I think what they're wanting to do is, uh, you know, have, have like the... Unlock, uh, make that account unlock instead of character unlock. Right, so they can have one guy that's attack escort guy blowing stuff up, and then another roll another character yeah. 
and play a carrier mm-hmm. and with the yeah. carrier. So I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one because um, this actually technically would not be a marketing team decision. They wouldn't. They, they typically don't get involved with that level of detail. But the answer to the question is is no, no. We're, we would not make that account wide. That would remain character wide because that's how a free to play game makes its money. We don't make our money by giving things away like that, unfortunately. That actually mostly be a Dan decision, although it's something between Dan and I to to work out. So, all right. Well, it broke my streak, but it, okay. All right. All right. All right. Doing good though. Back, doing good. I'm gonna get back on my horse. I'm gonna do this. I haven't all had right. a chance to really spank you yet. So, <laughs> moving on. Label Remin designs, not reskinned Ramis. More ships like Semtar and Scorpion, and actually there is soft canon to support that in the Countdown comics to the first J.J. Abrams movie. They had Remans flying smaller versions of what looked like Semitar ships, but they were smaller Semitar ships, and they were supposed to uh, like Reman cruisers. So might we see something like that? Hmm. Let me think. What's he gonna say? He's gonna say, "Buy the Legacy Pack, and we'll talk." So is your answer implying that fill our coffers first before we start making new ships, uh, no, or, just, or, or are you suggest, or are you suggesting that buy the legacy pack and you might get one in there? No, 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 not that one's already included. It's like uh, you know, you know, show show us some love for the effort you've gotten so far, and and the world's an open place after that. I almost have to give you a half a point because I, I have to say that that I somewhat agree with that sentiment because obviously if nobody plays Romulans we probably won't invest as much resources back into Romulan play if Romulan play is successful and people enjoy it people are playing it people are buying ships and legacy packs then I could guarantee you that we would be making more Romulan ships and unique Riemann design specific ships beyond even the Scimitar and the Scorpion so what you're saying, if only a small group, like if not a lot of people play Romulans, like say, I don't know, 18 percent, you won't, <laughs> you won't, you won't put any love into it. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, bottom line is, I mean, that's, I mean, as much as Star Trek is labor of love, uh, Star Trek Online, and as much as it's an art for the designers and everyone involved in it, it's still a business, and the resources go where the players, you know, players vote with their wallet. And if they're not participating in Romulan content, then why would we continue to make Romulan content and assets for them? If people do play a lot of it and love it and and people are coming to the game to play that and they're buying those ships, then sure, we will have the resources to give them more of what they like. Our job is not to just make stuff because it's fun. You could look at it two ways. Part of it is the business aspect. Part of it is we're giving you what you ask for. As a community, if you as a community don't want Romulans and you vote for that by playtime and, and money you spend, then we're going to give you more of that. So it's not lazy or greedy kind of scheme. It's, you know, you vote what you want. You want more of that? We'll give you more of that. You don't want more of that? Why would we invest more in that? Just for the record, I think that's a very sensible answer, and I think Romulans will do very well. I'm and I think all, well. all fans of all groups should note that. <coughs> so you know, just I, I, think I, I think that I think that with the launch of Legacy of Romulus, I think not only am I very confident that this is going to be huge for existing and returning players and new players. And that I'm very confident in success of what's going to happen with Romulans and the ships that we're making for it. And now that Klingons are playable at level one, I'm expecting to see, and new content coming out with them, I'm expecting to see 
all sides getting a lot of love and attention from both the players and the developers. But I don't have a crystal ball, but we have good metrics. All right. How about new Klingon sea store ships? Okay. All right. I love my Klingon warrior brothers and have many strong hulls to sell them. <laughs> yeah, I would say I have to agree with that. The word, I think you're going to see some new ones coming out with the launch of Legacy Romulus that would be some low-tier ships because now they'll have access to Tier 1 and Tier 2 ships. So there will be a, a couple coming out that will be low-tier sea store ships that will have new consoles on them. And we have two more that are coming out a little bit after that. And I still have a plan for at least a Negvar ah. refit, Tier 5 Negvar refit. And then we'll just kind of see where that goes in addition to, you know, fleet ships that are missing. So good cool. answer. Good. All right. Yes. Back on. All right. Well, let's see here. What's your favorite ship from the new expansion? Okay, all right. Favorite ship from the expansion. Al's answer is, I like the handling of the Delon, but the punch of the Dideradex. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I love all of them, and James should buy the Legacy of Romulus pack. That's the answer. answer. (laughs) I want to disagree, but I think that you answered my question answer better than I would have answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> do I get extra points one? for that? I, I, would have, I think points? I would have, I think I might have actually said, you know, the Baldor, but you're right. I think Tony, your answer is, yes, 50% better than my answer. So I'll give I'll give him 1.5, bounce yes. out that other 0.5 you got. Yeah. Yes. Sounds good. There you go. So I scored like an 8. 8 out of what? What possible score? Yeah, as you say, I don't have it. It's just 8. I don't know. There's really no comparison. I just got like a... I could have scored a 42 and it wouldn't make any difference either. We're just... (laughs) 10, 11, 14. 8 out of 14 questions. I got spanked once, so... It's a 57%. That's terrible. You suck, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's a tough room. I don't even get... I just do this for fun. Here's what you don't win. <laughs> no free Legacy of Romulus pack for you. As a matter of fact, you have to pay to play Legacy of Romulus. What? No. <laughs> All right, You're hold on, hold on. Free stuff. You're the before, one that pays for free stuff. Hold on. Before anybody hears that otherwise, Legacy of Romulus is free. Thank you. Please, I don't, I don't want another thread about that because <laughs> Priority One said to confirm that because... Tony got his questions wrong. We have to pay for Legacy. <laughs> it's all Tony's fault. Send, send your complaints. To be clear, only Tony has to pay. All right, Al. So there has been a lot of discussion about Romulans. I really don't know why. I don't understand why. I don't really care why. I think what is on everybody's mind right now is about the Klingons. What's coming for the Klingons? So here's our first question. What is their day one login experience going to be like as a new player with a new character or as a returning character with uh, somebody who already has a level 50? Well, I think that's easier to answer the first part of that question of what's a new Klingon experience going to be like. So to be fair, this is a legacy of Romulus expansion. Our focus is primarily on Romulans and delivering an epic experience for new Romulan players. Because the best way to get attention to a product, uh, an MMO specifically, is to release another faction. And so that's where we're we're investing a lot of our time. I want to make sure I I mitigate expectations as much as possible. At the same time, I don't want to make people think that we completely neglect the Klingons. Because what will happen is you will be able to start level 1. You will get a brand new tutorial 
that is a story-driven tutorial that will continue throughout several levels and several missions for Klingons. We added a, a handful of new missions for Klingons that continues from the tutorial that kind of dovetails a little into House versus House that's existing already there. We updated a lot of Klingon content, including uh, um, you know, the Batleth tournament and the tour of the city, Klonos and uh, Martok Farms and all those missions got a little bit of tweakage and a little bit of love and a little bit of story changes and so a little bit of retconning. So a lot of the changes are early on and then we reordered a lot of the existing missions and everybody, Romulans, Klingons and the Federation will get access to the new adventure zone, Nimbus, and everyone will play that at approximately the same level. I, I think it's level 21 or 25. I, I can't remember the exact level when that, when, when that gets available to everyone. And so the story is slightly different for Klingons. They're seeing a different side of it than, say, the Romulans are. That's basically what the experience is. If you're an existing player coming in, you won't be able to play the tutorial, but you'll be able to play the other missions and, and get that story. And, of course, everyone will have the Adventure Zone. Nimbus is a zone that scales you down, kind of like sidekicking. will scale you down to around level 20, 20 whatever the, the level is, whatever that, that is. Nimbus plays a little bit like somewhere between New Romulus and the Fairy Borg Invasion as far as how that content plays. So right now, I mean, if you've had the opportunity of logging in and playing Legacy of Romulus, those missions are just, the tutorial mission is fantastic. Let's say that's... On a scale of 1 to 10, let's say that's 10. You know, that experience of, spoiler alert, folks, spoiler alert, if you have not yet played Legacy of Romulus, these new enemies sweeping down, picking people up from their heads and dragging them into the air and then dropping them. That's 10 on a scale. In terms of, let's say, the Klingon content, can you give us like a roundabout? Like, it sounds like it won't be as enthralling, but still great content nonetheless. Is there like a number you could put to it maybe? Well, certainly it's not going to be as enthralling. To be clear, that tutorial for Romulans has been worked on since the beginning. We've probably put six months of effort into that one tutorial. And that's gone back and forth between multiple designers, just so no one would get fatigue on it. That was a pretty epic endeavor. And so I won't rate it. I'll leave that up to the players, but I'll leave it to you. I would say that's more on par with the Federation tutorial. So, Although the although the pacing is more like the Rom tutorial, in that when you get out of the Klingon tutorial, you'll be level three or four. And we've learned some of the pacing lessons that we learned from the Romulan tutorial that we'll be able to apply to the Klingon tutorial. And there's cutscenes in it and, and such. But as far as the intensity of the experience, it's more like the Federation tutorial than it would be the Romulan tutorial. Okay, great. Yeah, that answers it perfectly. Thank you. And their content that comes after that, it's probably better than Federation content because all the content that we make now going forward, we've just gotten better as designers, as a team, we've gotten better tools, we've gotten more experience. So the content that comes out of that is generally going to be better than what you've seen in the past. It's, you know, more like kind of almost featured episode quality, but maybe not as intense as featured episode. But it's very story driven and a little teaser. It harkens back to some TV show episodes. There's some stuff in there going on that is uh, dovetailing in from what happened on the show, in addition to what's going on in, in the Romulan story arc. So it's good. I think you'll and enjoy you it. And you see, that's important that you note that you guys have been able to use the tools and are more comfortable with the tools and have had more tools to use since creating Federation missions. So Klingons will now have a one-up over the current Federation. And unless you go back and do a remastered series for the Federation, the new Klingon content coming down will logically be better because you guys have had more hands-on with the tools that you currently have and better experience. And like you said, the content you guys have made has been fantastic, and it's just progressively gotten better. So the Federation is going to have something to be jealous about. 
Yes, I wish we had more time to go back and remaster a lot of the Federation content. I mean, we've got, I mean, obviously we've redone Azura and Doomsday Machine and the gem. So we redid those. But a lot of the earlier Federation content is looking dated, right? It's just looking dated. And we really want to update that stuff. The new content for Klingons coming out is not. So if you played the last Klingon content that we created, the Alpha. Herogen, Alpha. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the kind of quality you can expect from the new Klingon content coming out. There is still a lot of content. You still have the Fakiri arc, the Federation arc, the House versus House stuff, and all the featured episodes. Moving all that along, you will be able to play 1 through 50 as a Klingon, just play all content, and be able to have a level 50 Klingon. Let's talk about the unique perspectives of the three factions leading up to their convergence at Endgame. Most players have gone through the Federation missions and seen the perspective, and we've heard from Dan uh, that the Romulan story gives their perspective. So how, in general terms, are the KDF missions get to the Iconian mystery? Well, let me clear some things up here a little bit. So the Romulan story arc is a very intense, and they're, they're getting a, a much more closer behind-the-scenes glimpse of what's going on with the Iconians, and that's going to lead up into the existing Romulan featured series, that series is getting updated for everybody. It's not a huge, it's not a complete overhaul, but we've cleaned up a lot of things. We've added some stuff to it, including voiceover by Denise Crosby and including a new ending and some updates along the way. You know, we've added a little polish to that arc and your perspective is going to be slightly different as a Romulan as it would be for a Klingon or a Federation. And so everybody leads up to that arc and that's where your stories will lead you. And that's what will happen with launch of Legacy of Romulus. And then after that, we will make new featured series arcs that will continue the story of the Iconians and where we're going to go from there. That, of course, everyone will be able to play at that point. Your perspective on the Klingon side is the events that's happening for you, how they apply to things like House versus House. And then from there, once everyone is now at that same point, content going forward will be a you know, featured series that extends that story. We had a bunch of questions from the forums, and some of them got real specific. This one, particularly from Major Tira Omega, had very specific questions about stealth and counter-stealth balancing in the ground. But I want to ask more generally, you know, with Romulans and their sneaky cloakiness, are you lending some brain power to improving things, you know, detection skills and sensor scans and stuff and making their functions more prominent for the Klingons of the Federation? Yeah, we've had to look a little at that. Right now, I don't have a solid answer for you because we're actually still kind of tweaking Romulan's cloaking a little bit. And we want to make sure that Romulan cloaks is going to feel a little bit different than Klingon cloaking. And although they'll be superior, they're going to have some inter trying to make some interaction with the singularity a little bit. So once we kind of nail that down, people are going to then start looking because the numbers for cloaking are really esoteric and very difficult to work with and, uh, from a designer's standpoint from an implementation standpoint so i don't want to start messing with anything until we nail down ramen cloak and it's coming down to the wire but i would say the short answer is yes and we probably will continue to look at that even after we launch and see how that feels because we just probably won't get enough sampling before we launch but I, I expect that'll be something that will continue to change i also want to get some of that on the critters I want critters to get smarter, be smarter about cloak, mm, yeah. cloak detection. So if you cloak, that they activate a sensor scan or an anti-proton sweep or a charged particle burst or something to try to find you. I want to try to get them smarter as well. Because that's really where a lot of our players are, will be using their, is in the general story and general PVE. You know what, the question here seems a little bit more PVP-centric. We'll need to be looking at both of those. Great. Listener Suavex asks, playable Riemann females? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 
you already see a female Riemann is in this second bridge officer you or third that you pick up in the game. So yes, you'll be able to be a playable Riemann female. There'll be the same restriction if you, in order to get Riemann's playable, you have to unlock um, one of your characters in the game, tier five Romulan reputation, or you'll have to purchase Riemann playable either individually or within the founder pack. But once you do, you can play as male or female. So listener here is Valar wants to eject his warp core at some point. Are you going to let him do that? Probably not. We talked about Aww. it again. It was actually something that we wanted to do at launch. That I really wanted to have that ability to eject your warp core. I kind of saw it as a way to mitigate death. That if you were going to die, that you know those six seconds before your ship explodes, if you ejected your warp core, that you wouldn't explode. You would just become disabled, and then you'd have to somehow retrieve your warp core to move again, and uh, you'd take a combat death penalty, but you would avoid the death penalty of exploding. But when we launched the game, we didn't really have a death penalty. There's really no penalty to dying in your ship other than you have to start in the beginning and you lost some crew and they regenerate really quickly. But at first, there was going to be a penalty of, say, damaged items. Like all your items were going to have durability on it, like some of the fantasy games have, like where swords get damaged. So every time you die, you lose some durability on it. So if you ejected your warp core, you wouldn't get that durability loss. But since we never implemented that, we had no reason to really eject your warp core. And then it became really confusing about how you're going to get it and what happens if you don't get it and you go into sector space and you can't move and then you'd be screwed. So um, <laughs> it got really confusing and, and, and complicated and this, this just started becoming a bad idea. I like the idea. I don't have any immediate plans on how to solve all the details. Yeah, I think it should be one of those things where it could be like a maneuver, like a starship maneuver, where like you have spares, you know what I mean? So if you object it, <laughs> maybe you can only do it like once per mission or something because you carry one spare warp core or something, but like you're able to eject it and then detonate it at some point by hitting a different key. I mean, if you want to suspend disbelief and saying that you're just kind of ejecting warp cores like mines or something and just kind of flying them out there, but there you just you always have unlimited spares. It's a, it's a power you're saying, right? You yeah, kind of... exactly. Kind of well, like the way they did it to close the rip in insurrection. You know, like have some reason or some cause, or even build it into a, just maybe one particular story mission or something would be cool. Where you know you have some reason to eject it and you have to do it to close some rip or something would be I kind mean, of as cool. A, as a story element, I think we could probably spin it as a power. It just kind of sits with me wrong. Just my OCD just bugs me about it. About saying I'm going to eject my warp core, but I didn't really eject it because I still have it on my tray doesn't really affect my me in any way as far as I can still travel. I guess I would just have to get over my OCD of it. And I have to get a lot of Trekkies to get over their Trekkie OCD about it, about saying, that, hey, I eject my work core, but I didn't really eject it. Well, maybe um, you make it to where it's like once you eject it, like you got like a string on it, and you can pull well, it back. You're just, you're, well, no, 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 you're disabled then. Like you're giving it up. I mean, but it's this. Yeah, I'm sure it would disable you, disable you, but it blew it up, and so. I, <laughs> well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. So and then and so then you're disabled, but it's this immense explosive. So like you put it out there to kill a bad guy as a last resort, and it works. But then you're also disabled. All you have is your thrusters and so on and so forth until you get back to a starbase or something. It's like. Well, that's taking it further, right, until you get back to Starbase. How do you get back to Starbase? You don't have a warp core. We could hand wave it very easily and just make it a gameplay mechanic that you could do, and, and that wouldn't probably crush me entirely. But I do think it would be one of those things that we have a huge nerd war about it, about what's really happening. Please add a string. <laughs> well, you guys had self-destruct, you know what I mean? And that, I thought that was kind of, you know, That's cheesy. true. I mean, you die, you blow up every time, then you come right back. 
Yeah, well, maybe just... instead of having just the self-destruct, maybe that's what the new one will be. So change self-destruct to you eject the warp core and it blows up and kills everyone. Yes, that dovetails back into the original plan of like when you die that you could eject the warp core. So I'll give you a maybe. Okay. Okay. Listener TRH Ranger XML would like to know if you plan to make adjustments to the Fed and KDF consoles and powers to kind of compensate for the new singularity mechanic on the Warbirds. So it sounds like what he's asking me is like the subtext is. Are you planning to make Klingon and Federation ships better and raise the bar in order to compensate for singularity mechanics on warbirds? And that's the subtext I'm reading from the question. The answer is no. The plan is to balance warbirds so they work with singularity and not are overpowered against other ships. So, you know, we're still playing with that. Currently, you have a power penalty, which is pretty painful for a Romulan ship to have that power penalty. You, you start currently with minus 10 to all subsystems. We're experimenting with making that minus five and see if that's enough without being overpowered. We've also talked about giving you less bridge officer sheets and less consoles. You know, the problem with balancing Romulan ships is this pesky IP. And because Romulan ships are like awesome with cloak, but their ships are so big and so much reference in their IP says the ships are slow. And the Derelicts is giant. And even the IP says the Talis is a slow ship. And trying to respect the IP without making the ships unfun is, is challenging because I really would love to make the ships kind of like an assassin. You know, that they battle cloak and they're stealthy and they're sneaky and they disappear and then they reappear and they backstab you, right? And that kind of thing. And that works really well if I was to make the ships all small and fast. But all their ships are giant. The Mogai is giant. So making a big, giant ship that's also a battle cloaking backstabber is... There's not a lot of risk in cloaking when you cloak you lose your shield and so as a raider you know oh my god that's i'm going to cloak the risk of shot i'm in trouble but if you're a deridex and you cloak and you get shot it's eh, tank <laughs> um, what we're trying to do is you know, to get back to the question is no i'm not going to make klingon and federation consoles better we are doing what we can to just making sure that Romulan ships all balance and have counterbalances for uh, everything within their ship as a whole Listener Crypt Keeper Zero asks, where do you see the game going in terms of class differentiation? Now that we're seeing discussions of armor slots, the improvement of the science power firing arc, and the singularity powers. I don't really have a solid answer for Crypt Keeper Zero yet. What I will say is that we are trying to look at ways to distinguish the classes more. When we launch the game, cruisers are supposed to be a little tanky and escorty, escorts are DPSC and science are controlly. And so they're kind of represent the typical trinity of RPGs. But we also left a lot of gray area intentionally. We didn't want people to be pigeon held into a specific role. And so hence the bridge officer seats kind of gives you a lot of flexibilities to get a little bit of everything. And I think that was still the right way to go. And I, and I, and I think it was a good idea because hyper specialization just is hard for casual users. But I would like to see, I think what we've done is we've made, unfortunately, some of the escorts too tanky. We've allowed them to get too tanky. And I think that cruisers don't have enough of a niche that I would like to see. I would like to see them have, have something more special about them that makes them special. I mean, science vessels already have the sensor scan, and they have a lot of control abilities, and there's a really different experience playing them. So we've talked about the idea of introducing an armor slot. I'd like to see every ship have something that they can use that not every ship can use. Not something necessarily that was unique to that ship class, but something that it was at least that I can use this and somebody else can't. So cannons is an example of what escorts. A lot of ships can use cannons, but not every ship can use cannons. 
we're talking about adding a secondary deflector to science vessels that will allow science vessels to be more hyper-specialized in, say, like keeling or debuffing or controlling. And so we were looking for something to make cruisers a little more specialized. Now, when we started doing the math and looking deep into it, we first said, well, we'll give them an armor slot. And then we said, well, should we give everyone an armor slot and let cruisers also get access to heavy armor that no one can use? I said, well, maybe we'll just give cruisers two armor slots and everyone else one armor slot. And so we talked about a couple of different iterations like that, but everything we did raised the bar for escorts because of the way the diminishing return math works, made escorts more tanky and only made cruisers a little more tanky. And I don't know if we want to make cruisers even more tanky, but I do think we still need to find a better role for them. Plus, we have this whole issue that there's already a bunch of damage resistance consoles, the armor that's available in engineering slots, and we had to find a way to get those out of there because I didn't want to stack armor in addition to the engineering damage resistance slots. So we wanted to find a way to get those out of there without people who have already spent money and spent time on gathering those. So it's not an easy problem to solve, so we decided not to solve it for Legacy of Romulus. In the end, what I would like to see is something that gives cruisers an interesting role that no one else can do. I think escorts are fine. They're punchy. And I think increasing the firing arc of a lot of the science powers really helps them out a lot. And when we give them a secondary reflector, it'll even be more exciting for them. So we're still looking at what can we do for cruisers and if armor is part of that solution or not. I don't know yet. But we'll be readdressing that shortly after Legacy of Romans. So was the Andorian escort kind of the first step in the direction of making escorts a little less tanky? And is that something we can expect to see down the road with newer escorts? I don't necessarily think so. I don't think we were trying to solve any problems when we, as far as how escorts were when we released it. Uh, frankly, I, I think that the Andorian escort is, is, in my opinion, still too tanky. Not enough glass in that cannon. But we've already had set precedents as far as if we made it too much weaker, then it wouldn't be as desirable. So I don't think we solved any problems with it. We just made something that I thought was really interesting and fun to play. And then my second question was, there seems to be always a lot of love in space, you know, because, yeah, everybody loves space combat. Has there been anything on the table, any considerations about more differentiation on the ground? I think that our plan for tackling ground was going to be the kit revamp, which was really close to making it into Legacy of Romulus. But we just had too much on our plate for that update. Hopefully we can get that into the next season. And I've talked about it before, and that's a matter of splitting kits up. So your kit is no longer a kit that has four powers on it. You now have five slots, and every kit power is its own slot. And that would allow, basically, turn kits into consoles. You can slot them in so you can mix and match and become more specialized in what you want to do. And I think traits do that. The new trait revamp does it a little bit. You can kind of specialize in certain things. There's even specific traits that are specific to your profession that will help your profession, both on ground and on space. I don't think we have anything really planned to change it, other than what we'll be focusing on will be the kit revamp. My follow-up on the whole on the armor thing was mudflation. I think the, the way you're using that word is that you just you move the bar forward on one ship and then that makes it more powerful, so you gotta nudge the bar up on something else. And you just sort of forever chasing your tail after that, right? What I was thinking, there are some mechanics in the game that are kind of, I'm going to use the word underserved or underutilized. Like, the example, on weapons, your critical hits and critical damage, critical severity. Those weapons are kind of, meh. Everyone likes the accuracy modifier, nobody likes the other ones. What if you borrowed that sort of underserved mechanic and put that for the armor? 
armor means you don't get critically hit. means you don't get damaged as much when you get critically hit. And then maybe that armor also stabilizes your whatever targeting thing so you can deliver better critical hits. Because those are weapons that are really not used and not desired right now in either the fleet store or on the exchange, and that might bring that mechanic back into favor. A couple different points you bring up there as far as people desiring accuracy more than than criticals. I think that the savvy player values accuracy more than crit or damage. I think the average player probably values damage more. I would prefer to balance that by bringing accuracy down, but we've had that discussion before, and I'm probably going to inflame the boards right now. Says, what? You're going to nerf accuracy? <laughs> what? You're not going to nerf accuracy? The- <laughs> it's like the cannons. Yeah, you're going to nerf cannons? No, I'm not going to nerf cannons. So, yeah, I'm going to nerf cannons. <laughs> I, again, this is, I like to call this theory crafting, right? And so no one, right. no one get too inflamed by what I'm saying, because it's unlikely that we would nerf accuracy, at least the accuracy enhancements that are on weapons. You know, we've talked about trying to make the other enhancements more desirable, including critical and, and damage and, and anything else like that. Accuracy, of course, doesn't apply to the grounds. You only can see an accurate enhancement on ground weapons. And if players don't know, accuracy increases your, you know, your chance to hit someone who has a degree of defense. But if you get over 100% chance to hit, that accuracy goes increases your crit damage and crit chance so it rolls over. If we were to have armor in the current state of what say critical hit and critical damage weapons do if we had armor that protect you from it we would only devalue those weapons ever even further well now they're even less desirable because everyone has defense to it i think we would have to re-look re-examine the way crit and crit chance works uh and how it would work against the system we did actually did talk about armor protecting you from crit we did talk about armor giving you hit points i would much rather see armor be straight up damage resistance and have the current armor consoles do those things so switch the roles. You know. Yeah, that's how I would like to make that happen magically without upsetting anybody. <laughs> and and it so ends our theory crafting session here, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so no solutions. Those are all great things you're bringing up, and those that's kind of just what we've been thinking. Again, trying to do all that and find a way to not escalate the general potency of all of, of players in the game. All right. Speaking of underutilized systems, I'd like to talk about the crew mechanic. You know, the, the, your little crew bar down there just doesn't do much. Is that on anybody's radar to maybe change that to damage control teams or make it something a little more useful? <laughs> well, crew, if you don't know, crew affects your regeneration rate. So the lower your crew, the, the slower your ship will regen. You can put your mouse over it and it will tell you what your regeneration rate is. As your crew gets disabled, your whole regen will go down. The original plan for crew was that it was actually a, almost like a whole different power setting mechanic where you could allocate crew to damage control or to diagnostics or whatever. We just nixed it because there was enough to do in space. There was enough little buttons and levers to push. It was just another layer, layer of complexity, and I think, frankly, we've got enough complexity in space. I think veteran players would probably love it, and new players coming in would just be a whole, no, a whole layer of just complete bafflement watching new players come in and play spice combat if you just get someone new who's never played the game come in and watch them play it's it's especially if you're not really really game savvy it's pretty challenging so outside of that idea as far as turning it into a resource where you could allocate people to doing different jobs we hadn't really given it much more thought and so i'm open to suggestions that would be simple that we could do with them i do think it's underutilized and we've even thought about cutting it in the past because it's just a level of confusion that's just kind of tribal knowledge that doesn't really hurt you that much open to suggestions if anyone has any but for now there's no plan to do anything with that all right all right let's move on to some fleets 
Star Trek Ron asks, any news on increased fleet security measures? Yes, I talked about this recently on, on another show, and it's an excellent question, and, and I'd love to talk about it some more. So to be clear, there are two issues here. One is my fleet got hacked. The character got hacked and did something bad. I want to be very clear about this, and I don't want to talk about specific cases, but if your account is hacked, and therefore either your account, your individual character, or your associated fleet members and the fleet itself is, is hacked and damaged, if you contact customer service and you prove who you are, which isn't difficult, they have tools to investigate that. And if there is proof of suspicious activity, they will fix it for you. They can fix your character. They can fix a fleet. I don't know the details of how long you have to be before, like, you know, if it gets too long before you report it, if too much damage is done, how far they keep records and such, and what exactly qualifies for approving that. But, but they can check who, who's logged into your account. They can check what computer, they can check what IP address, they can check what things have happened under different accounts. And Account Guard is really secure. It's really, I'm not a security expert, but it's really hard to have your account legitimately hacked. The best way to get your account hacked is to give your password to somebody. And so be smart about your passwords or leave your computer lying around. Not just give your passwords out, but give the password to the game and the password to your email. Which is frequently the same password. <laughs> yes. It's the same passwords on those. I mean, but if you are, if someone logs into your account, I mean, if they log into the website, you get an email about it. If they log into your account, you get an email about it. If they try to log in with a different computer, it's like, hey, this is not your computer you normally log in. This is not even the browser you normally log in with. They ask for security measures. And so it's, it's a, and then your account gets emailed and warned. So it's a pretty secure system. I think uh, Cryptic is very proud of it. But if, if that happens, Cryptic will help you and they can restore things if the activity is suspicious. So just to be clear, there is a procedure inside the company that says, look, we've got this complaint. Someone has proven their identity to our satisfaction via their account details that are already on file with you guys. And then you will take it from there. Yes, they can say, hmm, yes, this looks like somebody logged into this account that's not you. I'm not customer service, so I don't want to speak too much for them. But I want to make that clear that it's not like, eh, you got hacked. There's nothing we can do about it. Cryptic will help you. So if it happens, contact them, and uh, you know they take that seriously. So now, let's move to the messier side of the equation. Things is, let's just say I'm not a hacker, and I own a fleet, and I decide to just be a jerk and just want to just screw everybody over. I can tell you that we can definitely do better, and we have a very solid plan to address that. I'm, I'm hoping it's very likely that, these, that there will be changes coming to the fleet system, coming out with Legacy of Romulus, that we spent a lot of time looking at. And it's a very challenging problem because it is a free-to-play game and people can just make another free account and another free account. And so, you know, how do we prevent someone coming in and just like, I'm just going to demote all these fleet leaders and then kick everybody out. I don't think that any system is going to be foolproof. The closest way that I think we could make it foolproof, I don't think is a good solution. And that is, well, nobody can demote a fleet leader. Even a fleet leader can't demote another fleet leader. So I think that that alone solves it because if I'm a fleet leader and you're a fleet leader and James is a fleet leader, then you can't destroy the fleet. You can't kick everybody out. You can't kick the other leaders out because I'm always a leader in here. And if you go and kick a bunch of players out, I can go and bring them back in and you can't destroy the fleet. However, the problem with that system is if you have a griefer that I smoothed up to you, I proved to you I was a good guy, you made me a fleet leader, and now all of a sudden I'm just going to grief the hell out of your fleet from now on. I'm start kicking people every time I log in. I'm going to empty the coppers in the fleet bank, and I'm going to keep putting in projects you don't want. 
I'm just going to just be a pain in the ass. Then you're just going to complain to customer service and customer service can say, that's fleet politics. We can't help you. So it stops the fleet from being destroyed, but it also means that you kind of get stuck. And then a voting mechanic gets really ugly because you can, I just go ahead and I'll just make 20 free accounts and fleet leaders and they'll try outvoting me. So it's a really hard problem. So we have a solution that's somewhere in between there that, that since it's not completely hammered down, I don't want to discuss on the air right now because people will start planning how to break it. <laughs> yeah, you want you want a couple weeks of rest, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. it's highly bullet resistant, but not 100% bulletproof because making 100% bulletproof makes it too draconian. So I think people will be pleased with it. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to stop people from joining their fleets and do, making the kind of fleet that they want to that may not have but it's going to stop any type of impulse or instant kind of, I log in one day and what the hell happened. All right. Care to tease us on the next plan fleet holding? Oh, I'd really love to. I'd, I'd love to talk about it, but it's too early. But I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I'll, te- I'll tease you by saying it has something to do with the previous question, which was uh, talk about the changes to resource requirements for star bases. And we try to address some of it in the next fleet holding. Oh. I have a guess, but I'm not going to tell you what my guess is. It's too early. <laughs> and we're also trying to tie it in a little bit with the uh, legacy Romulus, too. All right. Well, next up, we have a Foundry question from Azurian Star. Are we going to see all these awesome new art objects in the Foundry? All these fantastic new environments and pieces that we see in the Tribble server? Probably, but I, I don't know because I don't really have anything to do with that. That's the, the artists have to tag those assets. I know that we talked about in the meetings about getting Vernat in there and getting some of those environments. Certainly the Alachi will be putting those critters in there for you, as well as Romulan Republic as a critter group that you could place. But I couldn't tell you exactly which art assets would be going in there. But I'm sure you'll see some of them, and I'm hoping they'll go out with Legacy of Romulus. Your interview with Podcast UGC, you ruined like a half a weekend worth of work. Because I had this big thing all planned out. It was just, it was great. We had like investigative reports and I was getting anonymous sources and I was, you know, contacting people in the community and I had my little reporter hat on with a little press tag in it. Little paper, little paper press thing. Yeah. Oh my, oh man, I was, I was on the ball. And then this foundry exploit was just, you know, it's going to blow the lid off it. My nickname was going to be Scoop. Okay. The whole bit. This, the lithium exploit that happened. And you went on podcast UGC and basically said, we're on it. People are getting kicked out. People are having their dilithium taken away from them. Don't do it. Don't test it. We know what the problem is. Don't be caught up in this. So are we going to see, and this is a question that we had from a listener from Mal Karras, is he asked, are we going to see that sort of policy enunciated on the website? Are we going to get a dev post on it? Is Brandon going to come out on a, on the forum thread somewhere? I don't think we need to make a forum post as far as a policy that don't break the ULA or you'll get in trouble. We shouldn't have to tell you to not steal or you'll get in trouble. I don't know what Brandon and the community have planned for talking about it. I think in general they don't like to bring attention to it. But in general, there's been an exploit and customer service has taken it very seriously. And they're banning accounts. They're removing they're removing uh, uh, missions from people. A new stopgap measure will be going out hopefully next week. It won't fix the problem entirely, but it will resolve the exploit significantly. And then we have more sophisticated measures coming out with Legacy of Romulus. So you've struck fear into the hearts of some people because we got another question that basically was asking, how long should I be looking over my shoulder? Are you still working through, still working through the list? Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, 
<clears throat> people I, that you're I, going after? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad a little bit of st- fear got struck because uh, it's, it's, it's it worked. It, you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and it's an ugly thing to do. I have no details on exactly what they do to qualify and measure and quantify that. I see the emails go across. You know, we did this, we found this, and we saw this, and so we did this. But I'm watching it happen. I'm seeing, well, the customer service is really taking this really seriously, and I'm really glad to see them do that. Listener Taco Boy Tumor Fangs asked. Why are you always late to our Friday watch and eats now? You set them up, but you're never there until we're already started the episode. Um, that guy Taco Boy is such a fanboy. Telling you, he's just—he's just always he's just, just like always writing into our stuff. And, I know. He's just, <laughs> don't read his question. He gets mad at us. God, God. all the time. It's just what a troll. Sense of, sense of entitlement tr- of this troll is just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, hey, Friday. I was the only one there. So where the hell were you, Taco Boy, Friday? Huh? I watched a Klingon episode because I'm trying to keep my eye on my, uh, on my Klingon brothers. That whole so. accusation thing would have worked a lot better if you remembered the episode name real quick. But... Been, I'll try again. Let's see, let's I'll, I'll just make one up. Sins, Sins of the sip. Father, damn it. I was watching Sins of the Father and there no one go. was there. Where the hell were you, Taco Boy? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very believable. So, yeah, I, I just uh, I set them up, and sometimes because I have lots of dutiful responsibilities to this game and this product and this company that I am working through lunch, and then I have to run to Whole Foods to pick up my sandwich to make it back in time. Well, everyone else is just lounging, eating their lunch in the lunchroom, in the break room. What is he doing? He had time to write that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, actually, I do have one question, and I know you'll hate me for it. So, yes, after Legacy of Romulus launches, everybody's going to be on break. It'll be a ghost town in Cryptic Studios, but I would be remiss not to ask this. What is on the six-month whiteboard? What can you tell us a little bit about after Legacy of Romulus? Not much. What I can tell you is that the next season, we haven't even figured out what the best thing to call it. Should we call it Season 8? Should we call it Season 9? Or should we call it, like, Legacy of Romulus Season 1? I don't know what they're going to call it. But the next season will be fairly light, so don't expect anything nearly as massive as Legacy of Romulus or even maybe even as massive as any previous updates. I'd like to get the kit revamp in there, a fleet holding perhaps, maybe a reputation system, and uh, perhaps a featured series, a featured episode series, you know, four, four or five good solid episodes. I, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe Adventure Zone. I, I don't know. It won't be huge. It's not like going to be game-changing. People need a little bit of a break. And we also focusing on the next season 10, the next one after that. So we'll be working on both of those simultaneously. What season 10 is, is just that's just way too far out for me to even start talking about. That'll be a little bit more robust. Season 9 will probably come out in September-ish for the next update, and then we'll be looking at anniversary time after that. So, you know, we go try to go big and keep going bigger on anniversary. So it's so hard to plan. The, you know, you can yeah. maybe plan three months ahead, and then after that, everything is just a real moving target. I really want to get a space adventure zone in there, instead of a ground one like the last ones we've made, so a really big space adventure zone. That's about as much as I could predict at this point. All right, well... Go rest, sir, once everything launches. Yeah, don't uh, rest yet. You got Come on, chop, chop. <laughs> there's, still, there's still a little bit left to go, but uh, you guys certainly deserve it. I mean, everything that's come out on Tribble, everything we've seen in the dev blogs, it just is a testament to the amount of work and development that you guys have put into this game and just making it better day after day. And you know what? The proof is in the conventions, really, because the more and more people you talk to walking around, the more and more people have at least heard of Star Trek Online, where... Before, two years ago, they hadn't. The game is picking up and has been picking up and will continue to pick up, and that's really fantastic. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. We uh, um, appreciate that. And I appreciate all the sentiments from the users, too. There's been just a lot of positive sentiments and it's been it's been great. And, and yeah, Stowe has a lot of momentum right now. So you're going to keep seeing more great things coming from Star Trek Online in the, in the future. It's uh, we're not slowing down. All right. Well, that wraps up our interview with lead designer Al Rivera. Thank you again so very much for stopping by and spending so much time with us. We can't thank you enough. I mean, you know, to spend your Sunday evening with us, both online with the community on twitch.tv and then privately here with us for later release. Thanks so much. Uh, You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Transfer complete.